Hey everyone. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in with us. This is the Work Talk Live Podcast. I'm Joseph Lee. This is episode four of the mental health series. And we have the Cho Twins. Hi! Yeah, Sarah and Hannah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Um so today's topic, the big B. Boobies. <laughs> Breakups. Sarah Hannah, for the audience that don't know who you are. <laughs> Could you tell them about yourselves? I'm Hannah. I'm 21. I go to Rutgers University. I'm an undergrad for psychology and in grad currently for education. I'm Sarah. Should I look into the camera? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And this is awkward. I'm Sarah and I'm also 21 and I go to Rutgers. I am an exercise science major. That's awesome. Getting straight into it. Hannah. Yes. <laughs> we were in a committed relationship for two and a half years from high school pretty much the midway through college and it was done all long distance for the most of it now how was like you know, how did you deal with that mentally can you just tell us about that yeah um so like you said two and a half years um high school through college uh you can see that that's like a huge difference in the environment, not only that, being long distance and stuff, that is like a, that takes a big toll, you know? Cause in college you try to kind of find your identity, your community and everything like that. And having to be away from something that's so, uh, I get, I, I don't want to say the word stagnant, but something that's very foundational in your life. Like someone that's been through that whole entire journey with you, be gone and in a different area, obviously um, that's kind of hard. And in order for me to deal with that, um, we definitely had to communicate a lot. And if communication was kind of lost in translation, because really we only had FaceTime, text message, rarely any times to meet up, maybe once a month, um, we needed to do it right, you know? Like, cause, um, it's really hard to communicate when you're not face-to-face and stuff. And when we don't, uh, obviously there can be things like fights or a little bit of heat here and there but um it was just more so me trying to focus on uh keeping our relationship pretty healthy sturdy especially when we have to kind of focus on school focus on like our friend group and stuff like that too and our college experience separately sarah you've had both casual relationships and serious relationships right and how's that for you like mentally dealing with that you know yeah so like if you kind of compare hannah's experience and my experience i've definitely had a lot more experiences compared to hannah like she had one big one and i maybe had like two to three somewhat serious relationships that meant something to me and then like maybe like two casual things but um i mean i don't really see anything as like something taking a toll on you rather than rather a lesson to be learned, I guess, something you could grow from. So um, I definitely learned that, I definitely learned myself like not to depend on so many people. Like I tend to um, rely on people and kind of depend on them to be the source of my happiness, which was not at all a healthy thing. It was like low-key kind of toxic, but (laughs) learn from my mistakes. 
um, I kind of grew out of that immaturity and kind of matured in my mindset about relationships, about getting myself invested into someone. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, that's that's kind of interesting because you guys are like both sisters, yet you guys have like totally different polar experiences, yeah. you know. And um, let's go right into the juicy gossip. Shall we? Ooh, Ooh the tea. I know. Let's spill the tea. So, Hannah. Yes. Who broke up with who? <gasps> Mutual, of course. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, so we got that down. Um, okay. Talking about it, though. Hey, why Dragon asked me who broke up with who? Oh, man, Sarah. Who broke up with who? <laughs> oh, next question. She broke up with me. <laughs> that was seventh grade and for, like, two weeks. She still broke my heart. It's fine, guys. Uh... All right, now that's out there. Um, For the world to see. <sighs> All right, Hannah. So, um, yeah, like I was there for it. You mm-hmm. know, um, it was interesting. Uh, you ended up telling me like unexpectedly. I didn't know too, right? At and then, Starbucks, right? Yeah, at Starbucks, <laughs> exactly. And then I was like, "Wow, wait, what?" And you know, obviously, like, uh, we're all, like, family, so, yeah. like, uh, I was kind of surprised that you didn't tell me this big news, but seeing you, I think, initially when it happened, um, actually, you weren't in a wreck, you know? You were trying to manage your emotions, I know that was very difficult for you, mm-hmm. and um, you, I think, in my personal experience, you dealt with it in such a positive manner, you're still cordial you. with him, you know, um, and... You know, you dealt with it with great flair and maturity. So, how do you deal with that pain mentally and, you know, walk us through that process? Um, yeah. I mean, before I get into the juicy stuff, I want to say that we're still on good terms. We're good friends. All that. So, that's great. We love a healthy post-breakup, right? (laughs) And so, getting into the vulnerable situation... I definitely think initially I kind of put on this like mask of like oh positivity like I can't show anyone else that like I'm going through this negative thing because usually I'm the person who's very positive about things so when everyone else is kind of in a slump and stuff I'm kind of the person that has to be strong for them I guess so I kind of kept up that mentality and Obviously, I didn't seem like a wreck, but inside I was like, oh, like, what do I do? I feel like it kind of sucks. And it being my first heartbreak, I guess. I mean, I don't know. The situation, people can kind of figure that out and decide on their own. But at least for mine, um, my heart didn't break break because I knew that he was still a pretty important person in my life. And we were going to be friends going forward and, and things. But... Uh, I had to deal with it in really many different ways. Initially, it was bad. Obviously. The beginning of a breakup, you're crying, you're trying to like uh, look out for friends, talk to them. Uh, I had many nights where I was kind of feeling alone and I didn't want to talk to anyone because it was like my personal experience and I feel like, you know how some people say like, Oh, from my experience, from like this. Everyone has different experiences when it comes to breakups, when it comes to relationships. And I didn't really want to hear that yet. And I wasn't ready for that. So that's why I really, number one, did not talk about it in public. Um, But over time, in order to manage with that, I told myself, I was like, Hannah, you're not doing well in classes right now. 
you're not so doing so well mentally. You need to fix that. So I got into, and it obviously took a few months and it took time away from the situation. So I kind of had to be alone um, to reflect on a, how am I like, who's a single Hannah? Hannah has never been single in college ever. And this is a completely different environment. What is she going to do? So I had to kind of completely change my, I don't want to say this in a dramatic way, but life around my life routine because now I'm independent, have to do things on my own, can't depend on someone else. So I started using these coping mechanisms where it kind of started with surrounding myself in conducive surroundings where I can be with friends who can kind of guide me in a good direction instead of being like rebound, rebound, rebound. More so like this is your time to kind of focus on the important things that you need to work on in your life where it's like self-care, self-love. Genuinely be confident in yourself being single. Doesn't mean you have to find guys and stuff. You can be single and a bad B, you know? Um, so I did that. I journaled a lot. Uh, I wrote out my feelings. Um, and I needed just some time to like be alone in silence so I can really like truly reflect on what I need to work on as actual being in society. What I need to kind of reinforce the good traits, I guess, of myself. So yeah, get rid of the toxic parts of me too. I think that's kind of impressive because I think initially the reaction that we all kind of have, even throughout our breakup, is don't be alone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because we're like we're all scared to like actually mm-hmm. be like, oh my god, this is who I am. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I don't want to see yeah. this. <laughs> like uh, emotions. Wow. And you you learn and you process through your thoughts and your emotions by yourself. And um. Being a psychology major, um, I know you talked to me about the importance of one of the methods that you deal with to 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 get over either depression or PTSD. Anxiety. Yeah, can you talk to us about that? What so, what is that method, by the way? I mentioned it before, which is journaling. Um, brief background on the psychology of that. So when you have depression, when you have anxiety, PTSD. I don't know about the other disorders, but. Um, when you have those, um, your mind kind of shuts down almost. Your frontal lobe, where it's kind of the executive function, where it literally makes any logical decision, any logical thought appear, that shuts down. And your amygdala, which is the part of your brain that promotes like fear, anxiety, nervousness, uh, all these things, agitation, whatever it is, and that turns on. So for people who have depression, anxiety, complete switch you can't really think logically when you're in a state of anxious thoughts depressive thoughts and in order to kind of cope with that i figured out that journaling was the best thing to do because um i recently for my clinical class in psychology we had to do a project and i picked journaling and i had to read a document that talked about how researchers found that uh uh, that journaling actually for maybe a month not too much not too little that it is proven to help with coping with anxiety and coping with depression too. So I was like, heck with it, like let me do it every day. Like writing out a feeling in a no judgment zone, a place where it's unbiased, where you can literally write out anything without feeling, um, I don't wanna say the word dirty, but kind of ashamed Mm. of being vulnerable or a place where you feel like, oh, like this is the type of person I am, like I'm kind of scared to go there. No, like write out whatever it is. Even like the most toxic things that you think of, like write it all out because it kind of is almost 
a way and a process of letting things go. Mm. Writing it out. And the people said, like, also rip it out. Rip the page out, throw it out. Because it's almost Mm. that physical action of relieving yourself of those Mm. anxieties, of those depressed thoughts, of those toxic things that you want to get rid of. I think it's interesting how... uh, That's why I think it's important that people understand that, like... um, all these different aspects about us, like even like our emotional and our mental aspect, mm-hmm. is also connected with the physical aspect, which is why you 100%. have to physically manifest that into literally writing down mm-hmm. what's going on inside. And yo, know, who knows? You might journal, make a new song, be the next Drake or the weekend, you know? So, Drake. <laughs> um, all right, switching gears now. Uh, Sarah, so you've been in, I think, uh, you've been in more relationships right um as opposed to hannah um how is it like uh being the person to break my heart and uh just being absolutely (laughs) no no no, but like going through breakups felt good that's the answer yeah you you've you've been in i think non-mutual uh breakups and you've also been at the giving end, obviously, because <laughs> I'm here. And <laughs> you've also also been in the receiving end. So, like, how did you also deal with that, too? Like, how did you get over that, you know? Yeah, so, um, I've definitely gotten broken up by more than breaking someone else's heart, I hmm. guess. Um, so, my method of coping and just kind of getting past all that was substituting for healthier alternatives like journaling one great i can attest to what hannah said before i do it i started doing it again like Mm -hmm. recently and it really helps but i focused more on fitness i worked out kind of just kept my body healthy gave me something to do number one like preoccupied my time and i surrounded myself with specific people who like i knew would help me through this um but yeah i think it's just really important to focus on healthier uh alternatives when you are going through such a vulnerable time in your life and that you also do take the time to yourself to kind of reflect back on the relationship itself what you've learned and what you've like most importantly what you've learned from yourself so that you could use that experience to kind of grow Hmm. i think Again, another form of like physically manifesting your emotions and whatnot. And these are both very healthy uh, alternatives to, uh, let's say, ignoring your emotions, you know. Um, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. You need to Go feel them. head on. Exactly. Do it. Not to be judgmental. Hey, if you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to do those things, go ahead and do those things. But there are definitely healthier options out there. Um kind of going back to Hannah though like um this was your first relationship your first yes, love um I remember my first love you know and for me that oh was okay <laughs> no but like I, being completely honest though like the first heartbreak is so I feel like the end uh, of the world. yeah I mean <laughs> that's at least that's the way I felt yeah. you know when I went through my first breakup so like mm-hmm. um it's kind of interesting because both of you guys kind of dealt with it like maturely um do you think it's because maybe sarah had more relationship experience and maybe you kind of saw that from her or like was it just something that you always knew like hey it's not done in the world you know or maybe is it because like you got into a relationship 
during the older years of your life? I'm, I'm glad that I started my relationship where I did. Mm-hmm. Because if I did start an earlier relationship, I just feel like it was so immature. I, like, looking back, I'm like, even in senior year, I was pretty immature with my perspective on life. But um, going into college, I definitely saw this shift in my perspective. And I was able to, I guess, have a more mature aspect or like an outlook on relationships themselves. Uh, and, well, she wasn't dating when I started going out. So it's kind of different. So I didn't really have anyone else to... Yeah, just kidding. She was. was. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I've had that's like two people in the time span of... Never mind. That's um, not the point. But okay. I see everyone's relationship independently. As in like, who, like whoever she's dating, whoever my friend's dating, it will be nowhere near the experience that I will have with whoever it is, right? And yeah, like I just kind of... What was the question? Like, what was the question again? The second part of it? Like, how, how did you not make it feel like, or how did you know it wasn't going to be the end of the world, you know? Oh, well, yeah. Um, I have to first admit that it wasn't going to be the end of the world. Like, in my mind, obviously getting out of one, you're like, oh my god, am I ever going to find someone else? Oh my god, am I ever going to feel love again? Or like, oh my god, am I going to find someone like this person? Um, you will. Eventually, hopefully one day. But I just kind of realized, I was like, just because you don't have romance in your life, and because I didn't have it for the other years of my life, that I was still living. I was still fine. So I kind of reflected back and I was like, how was I fine in the past when I was still single? How was I still living and not in this detrimental state? So I looked back and I was like, I had to actually like force myself. And even in my anxiety book, it just says, just do it. So just don't even think about it. Do something that's going to be healthy for you. So I just put myself, forced myself into healthier settings where I was just like, I'm still alive today. I'm still breathing. It's not the end of the world. Um, and I kind of had to admit, I was like, you're heartbroken right now, but you still have loving friends. You still have a good post-breakup relationship with him. And you have family and you're doing well in school. So like I had to kind of focus on the positives. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's, that's very interesting. But um, also, I think that there needs to be realization that, um, um, it's like, you know, you, at first you're like, how am I ever going to find this again? Mm-hmm. I think later on, like, uh, you both were able to realize that I need something better, too. Like, I can't just be stuck on this. If there's something better out there, why not search for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um on that point though i think what's interesting is sarah you being in your relationships right um you don't actively seek out relationships anymore and i noticed that like you actively actually try to be single yeah right and that's something that you love yeah not saying hannah is is out there being in love with me that's me that's me circumstances are different yeah so um I think it's hard for, I think, most people to do, right? Not to generalize out yeah. there, but I, I think that's a hard thing to do, to be like, yo, there's, one, there's a lot of self-improvement, and two, I think you also acknowledge, because um, our audience doesn't know, but you never really look 
for a, a short-term relationship. Like, yeah, no. You, you want to be like, yo, if this can go long, let's try to make it as long yeah. as possible. But I think uh, you realize that um, you're, you're a very forgiving person, right? Even too forgiving. Is, yeah, a little too forgiving, but through those breakups, you notice that, hey, you got to grow, and I understand that, you know, and that's great, you know, go off, you know, fly away, <laughs> let it go, you know. Be free. Be free. So, uh, um, tell us about that. Like, how are you okay with singlehood? What, what, what do you have to think about? Mm -hmm. Um. So, in the past, I was actually quite the opposite, where I've always, like, searched for love. I've searched for someone. Going back to what I said about being dependent on someone. That's just what put my happiness. And then you ended up in a toxic relationship with me, so. Yeah, that was sounds great for like a <laughs> This is becoming so. some sort of heated like tea between you two. <laughs> I'm kidding, it's all love. Cause very lucky <laughs> person, yeah. But um yeah, but it took me a while to actually get to that mindset of if you wanna be happy in a relationship, you gotta be happy being single. And um that kind of ties into the whole idea of who I guess, who are you and like how well do you understand yourself before you can have the efforts to like understand someone else, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding who you are and what you want uh, kind of points to what you deserve and you kind of hold yourself at the standard that you should be at, like a higher standard, you know, and being single kind of gives me that empowering feeling like I could be that person for myself. Like, I don't need anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... I don't know, I just feel good being like healthy by myself Self-dependent And not wanting to rely on someone to be the source of my happiness Like I have friends, I have family, you know um, And I'm, I'm happy with that, that's all I need really But maybe years down the line, like when I say years, I'm like years down the line I'll find someone and it'll work out, but you know, that's just times thing Like it'll happen when it happens, but yeah. I think searching for it, I mean, not not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not on my priority list, you know what I mean? I just want to continue this self-love, self-care journey as a single person and figure out about myself more before I get invested into that. Where did that kind of start? Like, because, you know, some people would be like, oh, share this to yourself, but it's like kind of like, no, like, there's a lot to think, like, about yourself, you know, and really kind of like, dig in deep and break yourself down and think about those individual parts and it's hard for a lot of people to do mm -hmm. and especially during quarantine uh, quarantine that <laughs> especially, especially during quarantine and like COVID-19 you know people are by themselves and they're like heck yeah ah <laughs> <laughs> like who is this human being and they're looking at themselves in the mirror so like what can you say to them and what type of words of encouragement can you give them don't be scared. Don't be afraid. You know, you have to kind of go into this entire experience with your arms wide open and just be like, okay, I'm going to let the unknown take me, okay? Like, um, that's the only way I can like, really figure out about, like, who I am, what I want. Um, that's, way, that's the way you can under, really understand yourself. And it might be a scary thing, honestly, because you're kind of, like, carp what is the term? I don't know. But you're, like, kind of breaking down the layers of yourself. And you realize more and more things, and it's sometimes going to be a scary thing. And sometimes it's going to be something like you've never known. It's something like empowering, you know? So I would say, don't be afraid. Um, let life just grab you and go, you know? It's almost like going camping without, like, knowing where you're going and not no, having, a, like, a plan or anything. You're just going in, 
nothing planned, and you're just kind of going through the journey. You know what I mean? But you shouldn't be you shouldn't be scared. That's the point of my message. Don't be scared. It might be a scary situation, but you shouldn't be scared of it. You should embrace it. Thank you for that. And um, any now as we come to close, um, on that too, like Hannah, do you have any words of wisdom for people that are are going through a breakup, you know? Yeah. Or maybe like they know it might be a possibility, and it's their first heartbreak. You know, for those people so that, that are going through the first things, uh, don't miss this up. Um, any words of advice for them? Fine. No. Oh, well, yes. Number one. Um, I actually have two. One, feel your feelings. A hundred percent. No judgment on people who like to suppress it because I get it. Like, if you're the type to kind of want to ignore it, that's fine. But girl, boy, you gotta feel them. Let them out. Like, you really need to be vulnerable in these, in these situations to learn and learn from the experience and also it just kind of see life as things happen for a reason whether it be at least for me um, maybe my breakup happened because I didn't see that I wasn't truly confident I wasn't really truly good at being independent or I was depending too much on someone and I think yeah like kind of seeing it as Things will happen for a reason, and that reason is, I know, people think not 100% true, but it is. There are so many things to be worked on, so many things to be wrong with, I guess. Like, you really need to, like, there's a lot of what you go through. through. Mm -hmm. So you can be growing. Growing and growing. Ooh, I like that. It's the motto for porn. To the Joe Twins, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Thank you for having us. Peace out, suckers! Oh. <laughs> <laughs>